Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your co-host, Stephen Spector. And with me, as usual, is Rob Hirschfeld. Good day, Rob. Stephen, hello. So, Rob, this is exciting today. I am going to go play golf. You know, with cricket being dead this year, no cricket season for me to return to. And Boise's Australian Rules Football Club has been shut down. I'm going to go play a little nine-hole executive course where nothing is more than 70 yards for 10 bucks. That sounds awesome. And, so, and I don't have to worry about you wearing padding or um, no, I, I will not get coming injured. into contact with uh, you know, people barreling at you with a ball I, or a bat. I don't expect to be in the hospital after uh, today's golfing outing. So we have an amazing guest today, which we grabbed. And he put a post out, which we'll come and talk to, that just came out that Mark Tealy said, I think it was the greatest edge post ever written. And uh, when I see that from Mark Taylor, we take it seriously. And uh, I am so glad that we have James Urquhart here. James from uh, VMware, welcome to the uh, Latest Shining Podcast. Man, it's great to finally be here with you guys. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing to have you. And shame on us for making it so long before we had you. There was no uh, VMware hatred. Clearly, it just <laughs> happened that way. But uh, before we jump into your post and, and go from there, can you just give us a quick background for our audience and then we'll go from there? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I have been in distributed systems development and operations for uh, probably about 30 years now um, in various roles. I, I started out as a uh, software developer and a consultant um, and I worked my way through a variety of both sort of field-facing roles and uh, engineering and product management roles over the years. Um, for the uh, last several years, I have been uh, primarily focused on, um, on basically uh, ways of working around software development. Uh, I was a GM uh, at AWS for a little while, um, helping get a project spun up there. And now I'm at uh, VMware through the Pivotal acquisition. Um, where I play the role of a field CTO. And the role of field CTO is essentially to work with executives um, and, and folks that are uh, responsible for sort of organizational-wide dynamics um, to understand the strategic use of, of both our technologies and the things that you need to do uh, work-wise in order to make the most out of those technologies. That's stunning. And what led to writing this, this um, really thoughtful and scientific, which with edge, that's a, that's a, those two terms do not usually go with the word edge. Rob, let's give the name. It's edge computing and flow evolution on InfoQ is where I found it. So let's put that out so people know where to go and I'll put it in the show notes in as show well. Notes. Yeah. Uh, James, I, I'm super, I, w I want to know, cause, cause I know there's some backstory in, in how you got to writing this. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, please, what, how, where did you get to the, the idea that, that spawned this, this article? And then we're going to dive in deep and, and sort of poke into James's ideas on, on flow and edge. Yeah, so uh, if you spend enough time in distributed systems, especially as, as the scale starts to grow, you know, we all know complex adaptive systems and complex systems is a, it's sort of an underlying science that's studying some of the um, related effects that come from any um, any system of agents that can adapt but are dependent on each other. And so um, I've been uh, doing a lot of research around a concept that uh, I'm actually writing a book about, which we can talk about later, uh, which I call flow. And flow is, the idea behind flow is, is sort of the movement of activity 
um, th uh, from where it's generated to, you know, where it's indicated to the, the indication of that through events um, to those that need to consume it. And as I was doing the initial research on flow, I came across this, con this, uh, this element of it that has to do with the fact that right now there are no standard interfaces or protocols for event exchange across organizational boundaries. So you can set up standard inside your company, but being able to pass that event um, even from, say, Amazon standard events, passing those Amazon events outside of the organization, there's no real sort of standard way of doing that. And I, as I did some, um, some research on that using some techniques like Wardley mapping and others, I, I quickly occurred to me that when those interfaces and protocols do become commodity, which there's a lot of drivers for it to become commodity, when it does, you can think of it like HTTP is for linking the world's information flow um, will be the method of linking the world's activity and allowing us to very quickly um, see things, react to uh, the existence of, of an activity um, globally much, much faster than you can with other methods, including humans communicating by phone and Zoom or email or anything like that. And that has a huge amount of that potential value of removing a lot of things we do by batch today, removing a lot of things that we do by, um, by human communication today, um, and enabling furthermore, enabling companies to experiment with other companies' um, streams, event streams, to begin to find new ways of creating value by combining um, either information they have or by combining with other streams and finding new um, uh, forms of analytics, of, of uh, machine learning models, of you know, a number of other things that can be, that can utilize that information to create new innovative value. So from there, I, scale is a big part of that. And from there, I read Jeffrey West's book, um, Scale, which I highly recommend to everybody listening. And Jeffrey um, is a scientist at the Santa Fe Institute, and um, he has been studying for a very long time the effect, the, the common structures that seem to be built in and uh, complex adaptive systems that have something that has to flow through it, something that has to be distributed out to the agents in some way right. in a consistent fashion. And so that's your blood, your bloodstream in biology. That's your uh, average city um, with the streets and the surface, you know, freeway, surface streets, all of that. It's trees. It's, um, you know, other forms of biology. It's our economy. A lot of central flow of money in our economy, very hidden in a lot of ways, but a lot of centralized flow of large amounts of money and then distribution of, of that flow outwards. And so to me, data is a form of flow as well. And so how does the internet, which is our big giant mutual um, complex adaptive system around um, data and consumption of data, how does data start to flow? And, and I think we're finally, we've, we've reached this probably 10 years ago, but we're the mainstream is now hitting this wall with the internet where centralized computing and the way we did client server is, is, is no longer going to scale uh, for far enough to get there. And so the end result is, um, you know, I, as I look at edge and people can argue about, well, will edge replace cloud? Will edge um, be something that's very small and only for IoT and it doesn't make sense for business, right? All the, some of the various debates that I've seen, even about debates around God help us defining the word edge. Um, all of those seem to, to sort of 
not look at it from the pattern perspective, not look at it as this is a natural evolution of a distributed system that has a high amount of flow in which it's sort of the limb level. If you look at it from a, from plant and from a tree, right? It's, you have stem, the trunk stem, stem leaf and limb the trunk. core clouds. Then you have the, you have, and then the leaves are all the end nodes and mobile devices and, and, and sensors collecting data and all of that stuff. So if you kind of look at it at that, from that pattern perspective, um, having something that can do the right amount of processing to, um, to both eliminate the need to traverse flow where it's not needed. Um, and also at the same time to maybe aggregate information in a way that the pipes that you have to the central and systems don't get overloaded, right? The idea that we distribute every single event we find from every single sensor to every single possible endpoint around the internet. Um, when you do some math on that, that's impossible. So you have to have some aggregation that happens in the system. Where should that happen? Well, edge, some definition of the word edge, edge nodes makes sense for that. So that's where the, where it came from was explaining that, explaining that if you look at how complex systems adapt to flow, um, edge is an absolutely normal situation. And I would have expected it to show up, whether it was called out as an industry category or whether it was just another way of balancing cloud. And that this is, I think, one of the themes that uh, like there's a couple things in the in this that I, I really appreciate, which is you're not bothering to define edge, which I totally agree is a waste of time, um, especially with the way you're describing the model, which is really looking at leaf and trunk, right? You, you've you've got the spectrum that makes that makes total sense. This feels though like a very data centric model, um, and and there's a heterogeneity component here that is that I'm interested to, to understand how you are thinking about it. Because one of the things like in the, the systems you're describing, even mon monetary systems, there's a common currency, right? There's a, it's, there's a commodity unit. Yeah. You're yeah. describing data as the commodity unit for edge. That's, that's, that's basically the, the fundamental component for this. Right. And that's well, a normalizing and, factor. Okay. Yeah. And, and it is. And, and so, um, when I talk about interfaces and protocols, I should probably explain that just a little bit, right? So um, it was actually Sam Johnson, excuse me, it was actually Sam Johnson that, um, uh, uh, who, a friend of mine who actually laid out um, this idea that for integration, one way to look at the problem is what you really need for two things to be able to integrate is they, they understand each other's interface in terms of establishing connections, in terms of sending signals that might be important um, in the course of a conversation, and then the protocol, the protocol by which uh, data is packaged and the protocol by which the flow of those packages is, is controlled. Um, and so, um, so with with this idea to have a standard protocol doesn't mean that every data field has to be standard. What it does mean, though, is that there's a metadata around an event, the context information around an event that's important. What time did it happen? You know, what uh, transaction, uh, you know, are there ID, you know, IDs about what uh, what flow it's coming, what device it came from, whatever. There's some standard stuff. And, and um, that's sort of metadata that is needed to understand how to process and where to process the data. And then there's a payload. And my argument is, is that the metadata piece of it can be standardized. And in fact, if you look at CN, uh, Cloud Native Computing Foundation, they have a cloud events 
effort that's coming out of the serverless working group. And they are doing, they have a specification that's already in version one, uh, released in November that defines a really good way of defining a set of metadata that doesn't um, lock you out of uh, binding it easily to other protocols like MQTT and, and AMQP and whatever else you might be using. So they have a HTTP right. kind of based way of looking at it, but it maps really well to a number of other ways of doing things. And then they leave the payload definition up to whoever's creating the event. And so, so the next piece of the puzzle, and just to wrap it up real quick. So the next sure. piece of the puzzle then is um, the payloads then can be defined at a company level or an industry level. My, my guess is that initially, we'll have a lot of payloads where you'll have to treat it like APIs and go look at documentation to figure out how to parse the payload. But in the long term, industries might say, hey, banking has a standard or, or insurance has a standard claims payload definition, right? That can be packaged into that. And that's already happened with EDI. That's already happened with, uh, there are a number of standards bodies for different industries that have defined standard data um, structures for exchange of information across company boundaries. So um, I expect it to follow that pattern. Again. So, I mean, you're, you're hitting at something that we've talked about um, or we've quizzed people about on the podcast before and never gotten a very satisfactory answer, which is, in Edge, you've got a ton of different things that are from different vendors or different sources, right? It's an incredibly heterogeneous environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if, you know, and we have, while you might have a protocol like Bluetooth or Zigbee or Ethernet, Wi-Fi that, that connects the device, actually having things share data, it's, you know, you, you end up like, Tromboning it to the cloud, where the 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 the, sent the vendor sensors vendor aggregates it, and then that you know the thing that the platform that needs to get that data has to talk to another thing, unless you're in an incredibly tight vertical silo. Mm -hmm. um, so are you? And and I guess my thought from what you've written and what you're saying now is that needs to change, right? We have to have a free flow of information across these. You know, we, we've basically overlaid multiple, you know, vendor specific um, <laughs> uh, flow systems right. on the same pipes, right? So is, are you saying partly that one of the things that's missing in this is this inner is a, a way to commodify the data more? To a certain extent, but I, I'd be really cautious of saying that we need sort of everybody needs to be able to interpret any packet that comes their way, right? I think um, and the reason I say that is you may want to be able Any to experiment with connections. Okay. So there's different layers. And I would say, you know, the, the, the lowest layer is kind of where we are today, which is, okay, we at least need the transport protocol, um, whatever that may be, to be able to handle the, um, the communication pattern that we want to use. So we have a pub sub, you know, we have a couple of different pub sub different um, kind of transport protocol um, or slightly above that layers like AMQP and MQTT as we talked about before. And then, um, uh, so, you know, we have the baseline of how do we establish communication and make sure that we know what is associated with each or what's packaged with each other as it's being transmitted to us. But then um, there's an okay. another layer above that, which is, you know, what's the contextual information. And I think when you, be, when you narrow it down to saying, I specifically want to talk in terms of events and then there's another term that the definitions are all over the planet on. But, you know, if you define an event as simply any piece of data that indicates a state change, 
Um, then you can basically say, okay, well, so there's more complex for versions of that. There are simpler versions of that, but there's always a, um, there's always some context around that. Like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? And when did this happen? And uh, in what form am I going to find the data payload when I, so now you can build common yeah. libraries that say, okay, now I can receive any event and at least figure out whether or not I'll be able to interpret the payload, but I'll know what I'm getting. And I'll know that kind of idea. And that's to me the, the flow layer that comes into play so is, what, is that what, layer of stuff. What you're describing to me is the, the thing that has made me very sad looking at the function as a service market. Mm -hmm. Because, right, each one of these platforms has its own event yeah. wrapper, right? This are, yeah. and, and so, and they, they have very little incentive, sadly, to create common layers. It would help the industry as a whole. I think it would blow the doors off function as a service, as a, as a, as a method of compute. But right. the vendors are sort of like, well, you know, Lambda has its own syntax, and I don't want to support anybody else's. It, if we had that, so I mean, let me let me ask it this way, because to me, the, that whole industry is 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 stuck in you know metadata war from that that perspective. Is are you saying at the edge that if we could actually solve this event metadata, then you could literally just be pumping out edge events, and then people could subscribe to them, and we be actually able to build an ecosystem of, of edge local active, you know, integrations? Yeah, not, Is that the... Not just the edge. If we had a standard event protocol and a standard event interface for, for subscribing to event streams, whether or not they're okay. topics. Um, so uh, um, then, you know, if, if everything in the internet said, okay, you know, carried on TCP IP, carried on MQTT, carried on whatever, is this thing that once once we receive it, we can look at it and say, okay, yes, this is in the form I can read it. Yes, I have the keys I need to unlock the encryption on this data. Yes, I have whatever. Um, that cuts a huge amount of toil. And the thing that'll drive it, Rob, is integration. This is not a problem okay. if you're not integrating things and especially not integrating between disparate parties who are not talking to each other and project planning together, right? When you when you want to create like it, what HTTP did with information and you want to do right. that with activity, you need the ability for somebody just to say, hey, I want to subscribe to this topic that's publicly available and receive the data. And then I want to look at the documentation to figure out how to read the payload. And that's all I need, right? Thank you very much. I don't need to talk to you about anything else. That, that's the game changer. That's the thing that, that explodes it before you get to that. And that's why there's no incentive right now for clouds. There's not much integration going on via in events yet, but you see the signs of it because Walmart, um, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but um, there, well, there was a presentation done by a gentleman who used to work at Walmart at uh, DevOps Enterprise um, last year. And he okay. talked about how their um, inventory, their real-time inventory system moved from being a services call thing where the, where the application that needed the data went and called all these services that called all these other services and then they, eventually the information got aggregated back and they switched it to an event-driven system where the data is constantly updated in a set of lookup tables and all the client has to do is say what's the latest data in the lookup table. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. But to make that work, they've had to integrate getting events pushed to them from the other vendors that have inventory that they want to track. So they don't, they don't keep it all in their warehouse. They have, they get stuff directly shipped from other vendors. So they have to, they've had to do an event driven integration, but 
what makes it easier for them to do that is Walmart is able to say, hey, we're Walmart. You need to build this, <laughs> this streaming interface and these right. streaming protocols into your application so you can integrate with us. Eventually, that's, that, that they're not going to have, you know, not everybody has that impact. Eventually, the market's going to have to find something that they want to use consistently. Yeah, I mean, it could be there's some killer application that that defines what that is, and then it then it sort of rolls forward from that perspective. In some ways, sort of like JavaScript took over as a language because it was in all the browsers, and it's yeah. never it might you know it's not often where you think it's going to come from. Yeah, um, no, that's big part of the book. Yep, big part of the book is exactly that point. So, so what you're describing is basically a way. Yeah, I mean, this would be as if I had you know a bloodstream and I had different shaped cells floating around in it, they keep getting stuck um, or not able to go. And, and so I guess the, the thing that doesn't make as much sense to me in, in this mm -hmm. analogy, um, and, I, and I love that you have math about complex systems and they have the standard evolution and I, I buy into that. And yet <laughs> the, the idea here to me is that we're, you know, with, especially with AI and machine learning and, and moving the compute closer into the edge, is it, it doesn't feel, it feels like we're trying to do a whole bunch of work that doesn't require flow, you know, in and in, into the trunk and then back out. We're trying to avoid that. We're trying to have these localized centers of autonomy. Is, is, is that also comprehended in this model? Because the edge feels well, much lumpier than a tree. Right, but it is, but, but when you model the edge that way, you're ignoring the fact that one of the reasons the edge exists is because there's some level of traffic to the end nodes that you're trying to mitigate, right? So yeah, you might not, you might, you might have edges that never connect to a, a cloud. I, I think that's highly unlikely. I've talked a lot with the guys at swim.ai, for example, mm -hmm. who have you know, this great environment for building a full digital twin environment of, of some complex environment that you're trying to track. Um, and it's really cool, but you know, if you push them, they'll admit that, you know, you always end up building an agent in their system that pushes aggregated information out for reporting purposes or, or to stream through Kafka for something that can only consume things from Kafka or whatever, right? But usually it's, usually it's back to a, uh, when you go to static data store, you usually push the information out to push it um, to do right. that for whatever analytics. And so, so okay. I, my, my guess is that you're you're trying to reduce the flow to the center and I, I completely agree with that that's that's a great way to think about it you should be very 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 deliberate about what you package up and send back to the cloud if you have a very high volume data stream situation but um but the reason you're doing that if that's the case is because you have a ton of data coming that you have to process from 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 the outside in to the right. from the leaf nodes into the limb, right? Usually. Well, and, and I, I think this makes sense. I mean, when I, if, if you take physical, you know, organic biological leaves, right, they actually do, they're, they're chemical factories right there. They're mm -hmm. sending out the out the product of yeah. that leaf. They're not sending, they're not sending the, the raw chemicals up to the trunk for processing, which right. is what we're doing today in edge and then sending it back as sugar, right? It's, it's right. Right. And, and, and so from that perspective, I mean, even, even your transit analogies, it's like you go to the store, you, you transact in the store. You're not going back, you know, onto the highway when you have to, you know, as you do your grocery shopping and, and go to each store. So, 
Yeah, it, certainly if you go to your local corner convenience store, you don't go to the freeway first to get to your local convenience store, right? If you can do it locally, it's more efficient to do it locally. So you should. Right. And you're and you're also not going to the bank to exchange, you know, the your Kroger dollars mm -hmm. for your Payless mm -hmm. dollars for your Subway dollars. Um, exactly. Right. Um, and so you're right. These are these are exactly the types. And we actually used to have problems like that where credit you know, department stores had their own credit cards and you, you couldn't actually flow things between the system. And we yeah. out more common. I mean, just back to your analogy, right? Somebody uses a credit card, microtransactions, but they're flowing back through this hidden stream of commerce at the banks. So yeah. And, Ma and so Visa and MasterCard are acting and, and the way their systems work is they're acting as the trunks for a major port. I like, I, I've just noticed that since the, the lockdown happened here in the Bay Area, I, I haven't gone to, I think I've went to the ATM one time. And even then I got a smaller than usual amount of cash out. Um, I don't have any cash in my wallet right now because I, I don't want to touch cash. I don't want to receive cash back from people. And yeah. so I'm using my credit card for everything, but it doesn't matter what it is. If I have a financial exchange that's not Venmo for because the person doesn't have another way of processing credit card, then the next best, the best thing is if I can do it by credit card. Um, so, so this, this analogy is really resonating, right? It, I, I see what, I see what you're saying. It, it just feels like the edge is so broken in comparison to this, right? There are these big OT silos of, you know, video systems and sensor systems mm -hmm. and things like that how do we, you know, where, where do we start seeing people with some like, oh, I actually have a standard way to interface back and forth. How, where does that show up? Well, here's the bad news. The bad news is I still predict this is a five to 10 year out phenomenon okay. before it hits mainstream. Um, and the reason is this, I have a, there's a whole chapter in the book that has a list of key business requirements that talks about how the existing systems that are out there today for, for event processing period, and I have a massive survey of, of the kinds of things that are out there for event processing today. And um, given all of those vendors, all of those technologies that I talk about, there are things that aren't taken care of today. There's basic things around authentication that don't exist in the event-driven world that are consistent. There are basic things, encryption probably can be, be done reasonably well, but there's basic things about um, data provenance, right? So I, you know, if I, if, mm -hmm. If let's say the government sends a piece of information out that I care about, but it goes through an intermediary for some reason, how do I know that the intermediary didn't alter that information for their benefit, right? right. So, um, so there's a, a need to figure out a way to do data provenance. There's a need to figure out um, ways to do um, not only observability of the system, because you're going to have systems behavior here that isn't really the case in API-driven systems are much, much rarer in API-driven systems, like circular dependencies that were not anticipated that might generate a positive feedback loop that might generate, you know, uh, uh, massive amounts of incorrect data as a result. Yeah. Um, you So you need observability, but not only that, you need controllability. You need the ability then to be able to say, okay, so based on what I'm observing, can I alter from my position, um, uh, my role in in what I'm observing to to mitigate what I don't, you know, what seems like bad behavior. So things like circuit breakers and 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 all kinds of things like that come into play with that. The the infrastructure required to fully build out flow like HTTP is today. Think about how long it took HTTP to go from a concept we all kind of played around with in the mid 90s to oh my, it's running commerce in 2002, 2003, right? 
Um, it took a, eight years, nine years, 10 years to take kind of the basic things from even when people were first aware of it. So from my perspective, I think we have about five years of the entrepreneurial community and the corporate community of going, wow, yeah, integration by events makes sense. Let's build stuff to support that. And then we have another five years of discovering all the little things that make it impossible to do in business and, and filling those gaps in with technologies that can do that. There's a ton of technology to get us in the right place today to, to just send an event between organizations without any security or anything else around that. You can do that. Um, but there's no standards, but you can do that easily. The, the, it really comes down to is to make an infrastructure, make a core element of infrastructure, what I call the worldwide flow, for lack of any better term, right, to create the, the worldwide flow is going to take a phenomenal amount of evolutionary development by uh, the technology community to get there. But I, I look at it as opportunity, and I look at it as inevitable okay. because... Um, the value of having the ability to connect to these streams this way far outweighs any of the, um, the potential costs um, to get there in the long term. Uh, it, it just will create mm. all kinds of new ways to connect people's activity. And we can talk about that if you want. But um, I, I was going to take us into a slightly different place, and then I know <laughs> Stephen's going to tap the clock at me in a, in a minute. But he might, he might not be willing to, to make you stop talking as much as... Uh, <laughs> um, I, so, I am not we can go longer today this is all amazing stuff and the, by the way james i haven't touched money in maybe two years i don't even know what it is yeah. at this point in time i'm glad to see i'm not alone no, I, I found i found 50 cents on the ground the other day and i was like wow i found 50 cents and i was like oh now i've got to figure out like how to actually turn it into value because right now it's two two pieces of metal that are like <laughs> in my pocket <laughs> yeah anyway go ahead so let's I, no, it's, so so one of the things that you touch on in this is the migration of infrastructure so like your what you just described i translate into you know short term some interesting function as a service platforms that could come in and I'm, I'm like, we've interviewed people on the show who are building stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've seen a couple of platforms that are sort of bumping through that. Um, they're not, you know, my, my concern with, with function as a service, what you're describing is amazing, right? It's, it's a data flow that goes through. It's, there's so much under that, that iceberg. The iceberg is, there's a big iceberg under that. Yes. Um, and you mentioned the security and authentication and trust and pieces like that. There's infrastructure that has yeah. to be there. Um, proximity actually really, really matters, right? We're, we're sort of glossing over this idea that a lot of our cloud systems aren't built with locality, to, you know, aren't sensitive to locality by design. Okay. And so you start having to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to flow events, but I actually care that I'm flowing events to my local hub, not to my yes. uh, distributed hub. <laughs> um, and so in the paper, sort of tucked at the end, you talk about um, some network, it's, it's not, it's infrastructure architecture. Um, and so I'm interested to have, you know, sort of hear your thoughts on, you know, what regional computing infrastructure would look like, how, how that, or, do I, uh, let, me, let me phrase the question maybe a little bit more succinctly. If, if we've got all these flow systems, the flow systems still go through aggregation points where decisions are made about forwarding, forwarding event, Forwarding flow, or you know, be, basically keeping flow local. Um, 
what does the infrastructure supporting that end up looking like? Does it, is it in people's houses, in their cars? Is it in telco point of presence? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. One of the things about the reason why interfaces will take a while to show up is there, I mean, even more so than protocol, there's literally nothing. Um, that's, that's super standard. You could say, oh, well, you know, everybody will end up using Kafka's interfaces, but no, because log-based, um, log-based model doesn't work in every use case. In fact, it probably works for, you know, a less than 30% of the use cases, depending on who, who you're looking at that's aggregating it. Wow. Um, I, so, I don't know, Derek Collison um, at Synodia, um, he's doing some really interesting things with kind of creating a new model in which you kind of, you go to a URL endpoint, that's sort of one endpoint, and you say, hey, I want to connect to this topic. And the underlying infrastructure at that point in time very quickly figures out, okay, well, the closest place to get you connected to that topic is this node over here. And so um, we'll handle all of the negotiation to get you connected to that topic on that node. And that'll allow you to pull that stuff out. And uh, so, so the idea, you know, one of the possibilities here is that some new infrastructure gets introduced to allow that kind of a concept. But another possibility is that it, it ends up being HTTP um, and, API and REST APIs all over again in the sense that it, it all kind of uses what's there WebSockets almost certainly going to play a role somewhere, yeah. right? Um, and and other uh, you know other things that that are well streaming in, in HTTP is becoming more and more more possible. So then the then the question becomes well, so now are we just using URLs to do connections? And now I, the service provider has to solve that problem, right? So I'm providing a stream. How do I make sure I can give you a stream in a timely fashion? And my guess is that it's an evolutionary thing. We're going to have, we're going to see the mess that you mm -hmm. see in Edge today, Rob, not to, surprising to me at all. And, uh, and it's, it's that early point where everybody's trying everything to see what sticks. Um, and in the same way, we, about three to five years from now, we're going to see that for flow. We're going to see people trying everything they can to do event-driven integration um, and, and to support business cases around event-driven integration and it'll be messy as hell for a while. And then something, like you said, some killer app, some killer use case will start to win the day. Some great library, some great um, infrastructure software of some sort will win the day. And, uh, uh, and then we'll start to coalesce around whatever that is. It, it's interesting because there's, there's some dots I can connect in, in what you said to me that come back to one of the, the challenges, right? Right now we, um, and we we did a show with with Derek actually about this vision um, mm -hmm. and and where he's where he sees Nats going as a global protocol um, in back in October. So um, what I'm sure he's made progress since then, and Stephen we probably should should revisit. But um, he laid out you know in in much more detail, which is good. Sort of a lot of those those things. So I encourage people to go listen to that that show also because it, it was great. It, it feels to me like what we're missing is we keep making the devices smarter and more complex because we're missing this, the infrastructure layer you described, right? right? You're right. I mean, a WebSocket, if you had a sensor that exposed a WebSocket and the software, you could deliver the integration as software because you could trust that there was an infrastructure that you could use <laughs> on premises, right? Or in, in right. proximity, then, then that device would be cheaper, be simpler. The protocols would be standard. 
right? That sensor could be used by any device. You just say, all right, here's right. the sensors I have, subscribe. Um, or you could use NAS, which is not that different than a WebSocket thing anyway. Yep. But even, even I mean, the, the, if we can make, and this is the Swim AI team, it's one of the things about Swim AI that I really like, is they come back to the cost per device, the cost per sensor needs to come down and the cost to add a sensor needs to come down exponentially from that. So, yay, you know, I have a 50 cent sensor. If it costs me $50 to attach a 50 cent sensor, that yeah. doesn't, that's a problem, right? Yeah. It's the, op, you know, the operational aspects of this are, are a part of what you're describing. Um, and so it, 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 it does, it feels like this stepwise evolution where we have to have enough progress on one thing up to the next, up, you know, there has to be an event system, has to be a standard metadata format. Um, doesn't actually have to be standard. You just need a dominant one. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. everybody else will come along. And either um, it will be such a compelling use case that, that it will drive thousands and thousands of people to try to find solutions and it will evolve relatively quickly because people will be, it may not evolve to the most efficient and best technology, um, a la, you know, the windows and everything else. Yeah. Um, but it will evolve to something that works really well for, for most uh, situations. And so if tons of people glom onto it, things happen faster. If, if it's just a few people who know they have the pain immediately that are trying to solve the problem, and then a few more people that pick up that pain that add to it, it'll go a lot longer. It'll take a lot longer to happen. I'm hoping yeah. that certain efforts like standards efforts, like the CNCF's cloud uh, events effort, um, uh, like what uh, Derek is trying to do, not so much a standards effort, but, but a technology demonstration uh, in a sense with what Derek's trying to do with Synedia with Nats. Um, a number of other uh, things that are going on out there that are really interesting. Some really interesting things about, uh, um, about event stream discovery going on. Um, at, uh, um, uh, a company called, uh, uh, its name is escaping me, I, I, um, but there's a, I'll find that name for you guys and you can put it in the show notes. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's including directories that you can look up and not only understand, is there a flow of this type of information, but how much, you know, what's the volume of flow I'm going to get? What's the rate of, mm. that I have to be able to handle in order to be able to handle that flow? So, you know, really good, interesting, powerful questions that have to be there that are being tested at a small scale now, like per company, per manufacturing center, whatever it is, that are going to have to get exploded out. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't predict when it's going to happen in any detail, because I think it's a series of things that have to come together. And there may be people who put their foot down and slow it down and governments that have issues with it and privacy organizations that have issues with it, all completely legitimate uh, things that, that the market just has to sort out. And, and, you know, watching how social media has evolved and, you know, gotten way ahead of his skis on figuring out issues um, and the consequences of, of the way they optimize attention, right? I'm okay right. with this being a little bit slower because there are very real privacy uh, concerns on these things, right? A microphone on the internet sending events and signal analysis is you know a listening device uh, can be identifying people by their cadence right walking past their but right I mean this is this yeah. is where you know there's we we actually do have some really thorny problems to work out as we make computing on the edge much more powerful and frictionless right you, you, what you're describing is a frictionless you know oh yeah. I, I need to ex expand my footprint here go 
you show up at a site, you look for the sensors, you subscribe to the data, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you know, really, really much, <laughs> you know, you could walk into somebody's house, subscribe to the house's event streams, the way I'm seeing it, and know a lot more, you know, be sharing, getting information about what's going on in that house in ways that. Yeah, without a doubt, and, and, and uh, you know, business information and and the kinds of uh, data analysis people have been doing to, to take uh, anonymized information and, and figure out who's who. Um, all of those come into play too. I, I also worry a little bit about quantum computing in the the longer term, right? So maybe we have 10 years till we get there and another 20 years of like, oh, cool, it's become a core piece of our fabric. And then all of a sudden, the ability to very quickly determine that an event belongs to somebody um, or it belongs to a certain company or whatever and be able to determine things that um, that were not be able to be determined before. Um, is uh, you know is something that that could really again just kind of blow up this infrastructure and make us rethink things all over again. But that's nature. That's you know I, I, one thing that I built my career around is that whatever you get to is not going to be the thing that you build for the next ten years. Whatever technology you discover, this is perfect. It solves this use case phenomenally. I'm going to go find everybody that has this use case, <laughs> make it my life. You know this because you've evolved your technology career as well, Rob. I've seen you do it um, yeah. over many, many changes in the in the world that's happened. And and so I, I look at this as it's messy, it's ugly, it, it frustrates us because our language starts to change. And but um, but believe me, man, people are going to look back from that event-driven world as well and say, God, I can't imagine having to do what I'm doing right now the way it was done before, right? Unlike when we look back at all those filing cabinets and offices <laughs> 20 years ago, and go, I cannot imagine having to go back to that again. I, I still use a fax machine on occasion, but, but to <laughs> me, this, right, I, and we're, I'm starting to see this, right? There's the, the cloud, right? We, we have gotten into full, you know, your cloud or your, your you know, um, uh, or, or you have, you have, challenges in in your thinking processes right cloud has not become a good idea or bad idea or a model mm -hmm. it's for a lot of people it's become the only way to do it um and you know i think one of the things hopefully people are thinking through this conversation and realizing that you know five years from now we'll we'll be looking at that and calling it legacy so yeah exactly Yep. Uh, no, there'll, be, for that, so. there'll be something new that comes along that confuses more as we uh, we're done and the corporations are like edge. What is edge five years from now? We're always way ahead. It's going to start with some letter. So we've used E and I. Now we're now we're running out of K K words. We'll, we'll be <laughs> the, the Q quantum is going to absorb and we did all the P back in the nineties too. I was like, I, I I expect to see P to come around again. That's that's my <laughs> guess. Is, or F maybe if this flow stuff works, we'll have the F era. But we'll see. That's funny. Well, James. <laughs> All right, I'm I have definitely to, F to the era. Uh, to the era. <laughs> All right, now this is now I have to forcibly close this down because uh, I've let it go too long, obviously. James, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I know you're active on Twitter. If anyone wants to reach out to you there, any other places or? Uh, mostly on, uh, mostly can be found on Twitter and uh, I do blog uh, less so on a personal blog anymore, but uh, I blog around a lot. But if you follow me on Twitter, um, you'll get all those links. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, but watch for the book this fall. Um, it's uh, it's uh, flow um, and uh, it's the title flow and something about event driven architectures. Um, but uh, uh, it's available in preview on on a rally site now if you have a subscription and uh, it's available for pre-order on Amazon as well. But we're uh, we're I'm, I'm hustling like crazy to try to get it the first draw wrapped up here so we can get it out this fall. So right. well, we'll promote it as well with this and send. You know, we have how many Rob? You know, at least a half a million listeners at, at least. <laughs> I don't know. I can I can you count claim. them by head hairs. Yes, we, we're good. I'm not. We gave up counting. So if you're listening to this, you have to buy the book, so that you can. <laughs> uh, so James will return. But again, James, thanks so much. Uh, another great conversation, Rob. And to our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. And as usual, if you want to join us, reach out. You can see how friendly Rob and I are. Thanks again, James. Thank you.